Self-awareness is one of the most important psychological traits you can develop, and it will pay dividends multiple times in your life, whether managing your emotional reactions in conflict or being realistic with your ambitions. But the majority of our thoughts and actions are on autopilot, our routines, impulses, habits and beliefs, each keeping us operating. That way, we don't have to pause and think every single time. We have to open the door or drive the car. This isn't such a bad thing, though. The challenge is when we are on autopilot for an extended period that we forget we are on autopilot. Why? Because when we're not aware of our routines, impulses, habits, and beliefs, they control us. What is self-awareness? Well, self-awareness is our ability to observe and accurately identify our thoughts, feelings, and impulses, and determine whether they are grounded in reality or not. To be a well-rounded human being, working on your self-awareness will allow you to be creative. It will boost your self-esteem, improve personal development and self-acceptance. It will also help with decision-making. Do you want some of that in your life? Today, we meet the incredible Andy Jackson. Andy is a proven business performance coach and a training consultant having experience of numerous disciplines in multinational and blue chip companies. Andy is a specialist in helping individuals and teams identify areas for improvement, then creating focus, direction, and motivation through a winning attitude. Our big question today is how to improve self-awareness. Andy, welcome to Success Talks. How is life treating you? Life is treating me really well. Thanks, Tammy. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, an absolute pleasure. And I do enjoy reading your bio. The winning attitude makes my heart sing. It's a core, it's, it's one of the core elements to all performance. And I know it's, it's part of what you're all about and, and where this is all going. But, you know, that, that attitudinal aspect to, uh, to our psyche, to, you know, our mindset defines everything and it, and it helps us to, um, well, it drives where we are. It, it defines our behavior. So the way that we think and feel about stuff, you know, it's, it's fundamental to performance in those terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I said in the intro, is the, um, whether that's the reality or not, that mindset that you have, is that what you're really experiencing or could it be something else? Yeah, your reality is your perspective and perspective isn't necessarily truth, but your perspective defines the way that you see things and as such the way that you behave in any particular context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And in your article, you say these words, developing self-awareness boils down to clarifying two questions. Two, okay. The first one, who am I? The second one, what do I want? 
Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, sure. And I, and I know to some people that can be ridiculously simplistic, but everything that I've seen over the last of almost 20 years of, of working with people around, you know, who they are and what they want and where they're going and their goals and driving performance does come back to those two questions. Who am I and what do I want? Who am I in terms of, you know, what is my identity? How do I view myself you know, and, and you could perhaps think about um, you know, uh, um, you know, how other people view you and that will add a perspective to the way that you see yourself as well. You know, it's, it's that understanding of personality, understanding of attitudes towards things in any given situation, what values that you might have, okay, and any preferences in a, in a particular context. So, you know, what you like, what you don't like, how things, uh, how things come across, you know, what, what you're really good at. Um, and to be honest, what are the, the, the things that you're not good at and whether that actually matters, uh, because sometimes being not being good at something doesn't actually matter. And that's that can be quite an interesting conversation as well. The second things in terms of what do I want? Um, you know, if you know who you are and you know what it is that uh, you, uh, how you interact with your environment. then the second thing is, what do I ultimately want, which is which is where actually I think that the wheel of life comes, uh, uh, that exercise around the wheel of life comes in really, really, uh, 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 re really well, because there are certain areas of our life that, that are naturally important to most people, certainly in, in the Western world. Things like um, profession, career, um, health, uh, social interactions, personal interactions, um, you know, financial health, all of these things we have a, a, a context, we have a, 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 a belief around what we want in those terms. So, so understanding exactly what those things are and then where we are with regard to each of those particular areas gives us an understanding of, of the particular context that we're in and as such, whether or not there is something that we might want to do about those things or not. But again, it's clarity and understanding around the particular areas of life that are really important to us. Um, and, you know, that's where career conversations come in or personal conversations. Life coaching is, is built around those all of those principles. So, um, yeah. So who am I? What do I want? That's it. The way in which I see that uh, playing out in today's world and something that what I call great people, people that are overworked, they're not living their truth. They just feel disconnected from who they are. What I see is a big problem there is that if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want, you have to be guided by other people. Otherwise, who are you? Where do you fit in society? And so those typical milestones, such as, you know, climb the career ladder, have the baby, make sure that's before 30, mm -hmm. uh, get married, you know, all these really stupid things, really. Uh, play a part and so we have to be guided and what I see is that that's wasted time and you get to your 30th birthday your 40th your 50th whatever it is and you look back thinking oh well I haven't done what I wanted to do but how could you do that if you weren't aware of who you are and where you want to go is that a question <laughs> <laughs> yeah because in many ways that's a rhetorical question now how can you do that yeah i mean it's it's what it's it's not possible to achieve those things unless you stop and think about 
where is it that you actually want to be in whatever context of life? You know, what, what kind of partner do you want? What kind of house do you want? What kind of career do you want? What kind of car do you want? Yeah, I, I, it's often um, said that we put, uh, <laughs> we put a lot more thought into buying a car or a house than we do in finding a life partner. Um, you know, how ridiculous is that? But, you know, uh, some would argue, yes, but there's a lot of biology associated with that. There's a lot of natural sort of uh, attraction associated with all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, but if you know exactly what it is that you are looking for and what and the kind of, a, you know, person that you really love to spend time with because you understand the kind of attitudes that that, that, that really excite you or the environments that you want to be with with that person, then why can you not seek out the kind of person who, who sort of matches you in those terms? So in exactly the same way that, you know, you're looking for a house or a car, you know exactly what kind of kitchen you want, well, how big the garden needs to be, how many bedrooms it's got, you know, where it needs to be in the town that you're looking for, in the country. For, you know, I've seen people analyse that to a ridiculous degree but some of the really important stuff in terms of what makes me happy who makes me happy you know what what kind of things do i need to be doing that will fulfill my life i think there is a a, a real there's a need for people to spend a bit more time thinking about some of that stuff Oh, yeah. And it's made me think about my own personal experiences. I did go a bit over the top. And yes, I had a little diagram with markers of what my partner needs to look like and be like and behave like. Yeah, I, I went over the top. However, it did help me because something I had learned through dating was that I, I, I cannot date a guy who says yes to me for everything because I abuse that. I do. And I know I have that tendency. So when I was finding my partner, I knew that they need to be someone who understands themselves and is willing to say, no, that's not okay. I do not allow that. That doesn't fit well with me. You know, they, they have their own principles and they will put that boundary in place because then I, I will know, okay, that's where the line is drawn and I will respect that. I will respect it. I'm, I'm quite a respectful person, but if you allow me to abuse it, I do have a dark side. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially what you're talking about there then is, is recognising that you want somebody, you wanted somebody who's self-aware enough to be confident in their own opinions and to be confident in being able to communicate that in such a way that, you know, that you recognise it and are happy to, to work within those parameters, work within that relationship. Fabulous. It's funny you say that because those are all the keywords, my values. And you mentioned that earlier, knowing your personal values and then using that to find, yeah, okay, your partner. So communication is so key to me. If someone uh, would keep information to themselves, we wouldn't work out. I would get really frustrated with that because I need to have that conversation to understand what's going on, the thoughts. Maybe I'm irritating in some ways. There's a good chance that might be the case. Tell me, just tell me. I need to hear it. I will fix it if I know it. So that's really, really important. But the same applies to like the workplace. So if you know your values, then finding the right place for you would also um, uh, be easier when you're going through that journey for career or well, anything really. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, understanding the environment in which you want to work is one thing. 
So understanding whether you want you want, you know you want to be an architect or a builder or a creative or a designer or um, or an athlete, um, you know, um, or a, a, an influencer. These are all careers, evidently. Um, so there are. Uh, but then the values allow us to be able to understand how we behave within those environments. So, you know, how we interact with people, what kind of things will we like or don't like? What, what, what kind of uh, um, uh, what kind of behavior is acceptable to us in an environment or not? Uh, and, and that sort of links in with some of the stuff that you hear about more well, people will join an organization because they love the potential of an organization but they leave because of the people they leave because there isn't the opportunity to be able to uh, um, to to really advance within that organization um, because the not quite true there is that there is people piss them off yeah, they haven't got the relationships. They haven't got the, the, uh, the support or they haven't got that sort of social interaction in the workplace that makes it a great place to be. OK, so people might buy into a vision. But if the people, the, the rest, uh, an individual might buy into, uh, into a vision. But if the, if the people within the organization aren't operating in such a way that's resonant with ourselves, then it, you know, it's not somewhere that I personally would stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me an example of where you've lacked self-awareness and what was the outcome for you oh crikey um that's a really tough one because i'm not sure i ooh, yeah i'm not sure I'm, i've got an example uh, um a relevant example for that one tammy do you know what? When I was writing the question, is that is that is that showing an incredible lack of self awareness? <laughs> well, the thing is, when I wrote the question, I was thinking, well, how would I give an example? But the thing is, when I'm self aware and I've trained myself to be self aware, right. I've fixed it. I always fix the problem. So I've not seen in a long time where I've had something that's really impacted me. Mm. Um, so it, it, I think it's a challenge when you've invested in self awareness then it becomes part of you and it's very natural and you just keep improving, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as you were talking, uh, an example came to me. Um, well done, thank you. It, it was um, a couple of years ago. Um, I worked with a, a team in my organisation. I worked with NatWest as an acceleration manager, which is basically a business coach for, the, for our customers. And um, we got a really small, tight team of people. And uh, it, was a, it was a meeting where we hadn't, we hadn't set really clear expectations as to what the meeting was all about and what we, were, what we were going to do and what the outcome of the meeting was meant to be. And we got to the end of the meeting and uh, a couple of the other guys said, well, actually, we just need to talk about this and we just need to talk about that and we just need to talk about a couple of other things. Uh, and one of the things that I value um, is punctuality and setting expectations. We got to the end. OK, I've got other things I've got to do now, people. I've just got to go. And I, and I lost my awareness as to how to behave in that situation. And I basically I switched off. I switched off. And so I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking about how I was behaving in that kind of situation. Um, I switched off. Uh, and I got challenged around it and I said, Andy, you, you've disconnected. What's going on? And I, for, for some reason, I don't know why, I just exploded. 
Um, and, I, and I thought I was shouting. I was shouting at people. I don't know what it was. Maybe there was something else going on in my life that I didn't really think about. But at that moment, I hadn't really considered, you know, how my behavior or what it is that I should be doing in that environment. OK, and we basically after about five minutes of, of, of us arguing about nothing in particular, as it turns out, we went, right. OK, let's stop. Let's finish. Let's get it. Let's. We went out for a cup of coffee and uh, uh, the guy said, Andy, what happened there? And I went, I have no idea. But let's stop and think about that for a second. And we talked about it and we talked about our team. I love my team. They're absolutely amazing because we have that relationship where we are all aware of each other's strengths and weaknesses, failings, and you know how we can help each other, support each other, but also how the, the kind of things that piss us off, you know, so and the, and the kind of things that push our button. And that was a new thing for them. They said, "Oh, hold on, let's talk about this. Let's find out what happened." Um, and we realised that it was because we got to the end of the meeting, we hadn't actually achieved anything meaningful, and then. They wanted to do some more. And I had other stuff I needed to do. And we didn't contract around what it is that we were meant to do. And I now I recognise and we recognise as a team that actually it's really helpful to ensure that we're really clear about what the meeting's all about. Who knew? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, what it is that we should be doing, what it is that we need to be achieving, why we're there and all that kind of stuff. You know, all of the things that actually is... Is, is, for some people, I have no doubt it's completely normal. Um, uh, uh, and for us, it is now, but it wasn't at the time. And it was just like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. It's beautiful to hear that you're in a uh, team where the culture is the, it's quite an open and honest environment. It feels safe. I feel like the word safe is very important yeah. here, that you can express yourself. Yeah. And if you do have an outburst okay fair enough that that happens but then there's an opportunity for people to challenge you in a respectful environment yeah. that's not easy to come by not from what I've experienced in many corporate places it's very you talk the corporate talk yeah. and you dress a certain way yes. and if not if there's only one person out of 10 that's actually self-aware it doesn't really work it's quite frustrating to watch it but then no one really flourishes because they just hold themselves back Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel um, extraordinarily lucky, blessed, if you will, that I work with guys um, who have that attitude. And we have, to be fair, we've worked hard at it and we've made sure that we've had the conversations around strengths and weaknesses, what we like, what we don't like, how things work, how we can support each other, all of that kind of stuff. So there is an extraordinary um, level of trust. I absolutely trust them. So I feel very safe when I'm with them to be able to talk about anything in an environment where actually the, the, our intention is always to, to seek the best outcome. Some of those conversations aren't always comfortable. Um, you know, uh, uh, and we acknowledge that, but we have relatively few uncomfortable conversations because we have this arena of openness and trust and it's just brilliant. Ah, oh, wonderful. So those that are listening right now and they're like, I want some of this, what are the action steps for them? You mentioned earlier, you need to know who you are, where you want to go, knowing your values, the will of life is a fantastic tool. Is there anything else that they could be doing to improve their self-awareness? Um, yeah, well, you, 
definitely seek the opinions of others because others will have a perspective on the way that you behave that you may not necessarily be aware of. Um, you know, how many times have you, have you sort of sat in a room or been with somebody and you thought, if only you knew how you were behave, how you were coming across, if only you knew. Well, that's the kind of conversation that it, actually it's really useful to have. It's not always comfortable, but it can be really great as well, because people will tell you what they like about you, as well as perhaps some of the things that make them feel uncomfortable. But you have to create the environment where that kind of conversation happens naturally as well. So, yeah, get feedback from people, that feedback from people where that feedback is valued and trusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. constructive feedback, I would say, not just any old, you're being an idiot, you know, that, that's not going to be helpful. But the way yeah. you spoke then, the tone delivered this sort of impact. I don't know whether that was your intentions and yeah. give them that opportunity to go, oh, no, I didn't realise. I thought my tone was soft and gentle. And there, you know, no, it came across very aggressive. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I will be so mindful of that next time. Saw. Yeah, exactly. What, what I saw, what I heard, and therefore what the response was, what happened was. So it's, you know, it's uh, uh, um, getting feedback in terms of um, uh, direct, specific behavioural stuff that you can, that can be referenced directly because people saw it and this is what happened and this is how it made me feel or this is the kind of response that you got from this other person and that's why it happened or, you know. It's really uncomfortable, though, to receive the feedback, isn't it? I've, I've seen a lot of people would prefer to shy away from asking and just stay as they are because the process of going through it, it's almost like a character attack, but it's not really that. It's just an opportunity to grow. That's how I perceive it. That's a yellow way of perceiving it, but it's not always that way for, for the masses. Yeah, and that's why you would ideally find somebody that you know will be able to deliver that feedback in a way that is constructive rather than aggressive, Um, you know, rather than somebody who's just going to sit there and criticise because that's just not helpful. It doesn't make anybody feel any better or and potentially doesn't necessarily result in um, behavioural change. It just, you know, develops resentment, which is not helpful either. Yeah, resentment, that's quite a toxic Um, attitude to have something that I think would be very key for the listeners is the active listening when you're trying to improve your self-awareness a lot of people listen to respond so they somewhat hear but they want to just talk over you and respond where active listening is listening to what the person's saying word for word and being curious to expand and understand what that means. And I find that that's been quite a powerful tool for self-awareness. Yeah, listening to understand rather than to make a point, um, definitely. And it is a skill. It does need to be worked on. It's not something that you can just go, right, I'm going to actively listen from now on. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, so, yeah, if, I would definitely encourage people to think in terms of, you know, understand what active listening actually is, and then start to practice some of the strategies that will uh, that will um, help them, throw, help you to be able to uh, um, to engage actively in a conversation. There's an element of controlling your mind, so not allowing it to speak for you, and you know, being the whole. Well, I'm judging myself in this moment. Just silencing that, having some level of control there, so that it frees up the space to be curious about what's being said. Absolutely. 
You mentioned the psychometrics. Yeah. Psychometrics are powerful tools. And a lot of us aren't aware of them. It took me probably six years of being in the corporate world before anyone told me about psychometrics. Can you elaborate on them? And do you have any recommended psychometric tools? Um, okay, so psychometrics are, are, you're right, they're extraordinarily powerful. Um, and if, if people, uh, if your listeners were to go online and just search for free psychometric or person, free personality assessments, there are a number of free assessments that will give a perspective on um, uh, it, on those two questions. You know, who am I, and uh, and what do I want? You know, what are my behavioural uh, types? What are my uh, uh, what are my preferences in certain situations? But working styles is is another one. To be honest, there aren't. There are some. Uh, well-known ones like the Myers-Briggs uh, type um, assessment. There is the DISC assessment. There's colours. There's various ones that were the, you know uh, that will come up at the top of the uh, of search searches. There isn't necessarily one that fits all. There are going to be particular assessments that are pertinent depending on what it is that you want them to do. Because there's a wide variety of assessments uh, used in recruitment circles, for example, that might test different aspects of an individual's uh, knowledge and understanding of certain aspects of, uh, of certain things. Um, in terms of, you know, just getting um, a general understanding of personality and preferences, then I'd just go Myers-Briggs um, because... It's well, um, it's well established. It's well referenced. There is a huge amount of resource out there that can explain the results that you get and things like that. So, um, yeah, if, if there was one I would put people towards just from a general perspective, then Myers-Briggs is probably the way to go. I've heard of that one. Haven't used it yet. So I'm going to make that my little task. I have used the DIS model. And interestingly, I've changed. So I used to be the I, the yellow one, actually. <laughs> um, and it stood for influence. And there were certain behaviours on this influence where, um, you know, great at hosting people, holding a conversation, um, quite confident, and, you know, would, would speak up like a, uh, what would they call it? Um, uh, what's the opposite to introvert? Extrovert. Yeah. There you are. Yeah, so uh, that was the influence. However, I've changed. In the last two years... I'm a D. I'm a dominance. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because there, there is a, a school of thought that suggests that personality is really difficult, if not impossible, to change. Some people would say you can't change your base personality. I, I agree with that in some circumstances, and I and I challenge that in others because you know, as you say yourself. There are opportunities for us to grow and develop our own character and our own personality so that we will naturally behave in a certain way in a certain context, which may be different from the way that we have previously behaved in that context, okay, because we've learned and to do things differently. Um, in terms of Myers-Briggs, um, I come out as an introvert. Um, but because of my age and experience and the environment in which I've been working for 20 odd years, I know I'm, I know how to behave and I'm very comfortable being the center of attention and being on stage 
and you know I, I can be as extroverted as you like okay um, but it's not where I am ultimately comfortable if under pressure and I think this is the test for most people when under pressure and under stress most people without self-awareness will revert to type will revert to underlying personality which is why uh, an, an introvert a baseline introvert when um, under pressure will probably uh, close in on themselves uh, withdraw from a particular or, or try to ignore a situation and hope it'll go away whereas an extrovert when they are under stress will more than likely come forward perhaps argue or uh, attack a situation perhaps be more aggressive um, again, that's massive stereotyping, but it, you know, it, it, it's an indication of the way that, you know, under stress, people revert to baseline. OK, they start to sort of withdraw to some of their core um, uh, unconscious programming rather than the, the autopilot. Going back to autopilot. Exactly. Revert to the autopilot that was, you know, base programming and it's missed all of the updates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, for sure. Have you heard of Omnivert? I think that's what it is. Where you're sort of both. Yeah. Um, so what, what one could, have, I suppose I could probably identify that, uh, identify with that in terms of, you know, I feel comfortable being an extrovert as much as I like being an introvert. So, yeah, I can understand that. I'm greedy, so I'll take both. I'm on, on the, the I, I can't even say it. <laughs> so based on what we've shared today, what one key advice would you give to the listeners? Um, well, there are probably a number of things that I could say, but if there was one thing that I would get people to, to do, it would be to, well, actually, we haven't discussed it, but I would say stop. Stop and think. Think and reflect and consider those things about yourself that you like and you don't like. And if it's a case of, you know, thinking about where uh, what it is that you've done today, for example, think about how you interacted with the people or the things that you had to do or things like that. So stop and reflect on ourself is probably the, the, the one most powerful thing that you could probably do. Yeah, silence your mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any services or products available to help the listeners to go to yellow? Um, well, I, I'm in full-time employment by NetWest. Um, so I, I work as a, an organisational, um, uh, as an acceleration manager, organisational coach. So I don't have any particular products or services of my own. Um, but I, what I would say is that um, I would encourage people to reach out to uh, coaches, life coaches, um, to be able to get that qualified, if you will, that qualified perspective, because that's what they're trained to do. People like yourself, Tammy, trained to, uh, um, to offer perspective from an informed standpoint to help people raise awareness. So reach out to a coach. Good. Nice. And how can the listeners get in touch with you? Um, I am um, happy to talk with uh, with anybody. I'm happy to sort of reach out and have a conversation. The best way to get in touch with me is probably via LinkedIn. So if you want, if people want to connect, uh, just put that little message. Heard your podcast. Great to connect, and uh, you know I'll get back to you. Brilliant. Andy is available to support you, guide you, and inspire you on a journey to yellow. Reach out to him today. Help is here. It's always here, but you must take the first step. Details can be found in the description. Andrew, thank you for your words of wisdom today. 
and in the Yellow magazine. May your life be yellow. Tammy, thank you so much. This has been great fun.